What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Combo Church Podcast. My name is Craig. And my name is Kara, and we are the lead pastors of Combo Church. If you are listening on combochurch.com, iTunes, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe, follow, and like. We love it when you share with your family and friends, and we would love it if you could leave us a great review. Our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose, encourage life, and build faith in you. Enjoy Enjoy the the message. message. Many times have wandered the streets of South Virginia, or that's what it was then, Um, but I guess it's Midtown now, um, which is totally cool. But I don't know about you guys, um, but this last year has been kind of challenging, and it's, it's actually been terrible. Let's just be honest. 2020 is like, didn't even exist, right? Like it was just insane. And, and like for a person like me, like it was, it was really bad. I'm an extroverted extrovert. Like I need people like all the time. I don't know if you're an extrovert, but I need people all the time. And being locked down was like not good at all. Like I need, need people. And I know you're probably thinking, sir, you need Jesus. I do too. I need Jesus, but man, I need people. And one of the things that irritated me the most about 2020 is a lot of my friends would brag about their accomplishments in 2020. They would share their DIY projects. They would tell me a list of all the books they had read. They, they, they learned an instrument in a month and here I was I had just finished Netflix right Tiger King and 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 I had nothing to really to 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 really brag about and say man I I did so well during this quarantine 2020 season look what I did I didn't do anything um but um there is one thing that I want to share with you and it's quite special. It's, it's really, might be a little spiritual even. Um, but I don't know about you, but I grew up with the NES system, right? The Nintendo Entertainment System. And since I was a little kid, I played Super Mario Brothers, and I had never beat the game before, right? And so from, 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 from the NES all the way to the Nintendo 64, like I didn't get very far. But this year, along with the help of my Gen Z daughter, uh, we beat Super Mario Brothers. And it was amazing. We finally beat uh, Bowser and his homies. We finally beat them. And man, it just felt so good. But there is, it it wasn't just as straight black and white as I just said it. I was actually not a ordinary character that I chose. I was a purple bunny named Babbitt. And when you have Babbitt, it's actually a character that's meant for like preschool kids. Because when the flames, uh, flaming balls come your way and the spiked turtles come your way, they don't hit you. You just kind of blink. You don't die. So that is how I defeated Super Mario Bros., uh, on the on the Nintendo Switch, and um, yeah, that is my victory. That is my the only thing I accomplished. Um, and Babbitt gave me the ability to avoid the consequences of my lack of skill or my ability to really play this game. And my question for you is: 
Have you ever asked your question why or thought about why we as people tend to do everything we can to avoid certain things or consequences in our lives, especially the things that we consider to be bad things? We're not a fan of these bad things bad things. It's kind of like watching a show, say, on your favorite platform, streaming platform, and, 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 or actually, it's not even your favorite show yet. You're just being introduced to something, and, and you're a few episodes in, and you're not ready to give your life to it yet, right? And, and so you're just, and you get to this moment, and you're like, you're, you're not really connecting with it. You're not really sold out on it. So what you do is you tap the screen, and, and you check to see how much time is left, and and you're like, okay, there's still a little bit more time. I'm just going to skip this scene. So you tap the double arrows, and it takes you to a whole, uh, probably more entertaining, more exciting uh, uh, scene that you connect with. And I don't know about you guys, but for whatever reason, we do this very same thing in life. We experience, we're about to experience a challenge in our lives. And what we do is we go, man, I don't like what I'm feeling right now. I see where I'm heading and where this is taking me. All right, I'm just going to click. I'm going to press. There's a lot of time left of my life. I'm just going to fast forward through this painful part of my life. And I'm going to pop into the next episode. We do everything within our power and ability to fast forward through and skip over things in life that, we're, that we don't like. Things like pain. Things like betrayal. Things and, 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 and the mundane part of life that's uncomfortable. Things that we don't share with other people, those kind of things that we try just to skip over and kind of pretend like they're not real or they didn't really happen or that wasn't really part of the story. But unlike a show, we really can't bypass the things that we don't like. Unlike Babbitt, we can't bypass pain. And everyone's so quiet and they're like, man, I was excited to come to church and uh, now I'm just being told I, th that I kind of have to embrace this experience of life that, I don't, that I'm not a fan of. The, the area of my life that I've been skipping over. I'm being confronted with that. And I don't like it either, just to let you know. I don't like it. Especially when it comes to times of betrayal, challenging times. And what challenging times do, they tend to allow our fear to rise. And when fear rises within us, our insecurities rise. And we don't like to feel like we're out of control of our life and the things that we experienced. So be honest. This is another question for you. Who in here can't stand a scatterbrained person. I'm not going to judge you, okay? I'm not going to call you out. Someone in the back is honest. He, he loves Jesus, I could tell. He's like, yeah, I, I don't like those people. Um, anyways, 
you know, the kind of people, they're just so, dis- they seem so distracted all the time, right? Like you, like you go up to them and you're trying to have a conversation and they're like engaged for a little bit and then they just kind of leave and, and they're just kind of all over the place. Well, let me introduce your, you guys to me. That's me. I'm Joe Pena. I'm distracted. I'm easily distracted sometimes. And if I ever started a conversation with you, like, I'm not even kidding. I'll be like, hey, what's up? How you doing? Oh, how's your mom? And then I leave for no reason. No reason. And then I come back, like, a week later, and I jump right back into that part of the conversation. Um, I don't mean to. And if I've done it to you, forgive me. Pray for me. Managing squirrels in your brain is, is not easy. It's not a small task. It's super difficult. But one of the things that I've realized during my short time leading, my short, my short time living, is that the enemy knows that he can't destroy us. But what he, but what he does do and what he does know that he can do is distract us. He can't destroy us, but he can distract us. He can derail us off of the journey that we're taking in the direction that we're going in, and he can allow a thing in life to distract us, to distract us, the things that get us off course. And see, one of the things that, that, that I realize, too, is um, distraction isn't like a like a sin billboard on the, on the highway. Like, it's not something that you're like, all right, God, uh, Jesus, thank you for this day. Help me to fight and avoid distraction. It's not one of those things. It's more of a subtle thing. It's, it's not one of those things that's just in your face. And so it's one of those things we definitely have to be careful with because we can become distracted even by good things in lives and get off course. Because when you make a good thing the main thing, it becomes a bad thing. And those are the things that I feel like I want to share with you today. And one of those things is, which is a good thing, that can become a bad thing if we make it a main thing, and that is success. And, and don't get me wrong, God wants you to be successful. God wants you to succeed. God wants you to achieve your dreams. But when success becomes the center of your focus, then there's something that happens because that success now becomes an idol and becomes your God. And, and everything that flows out of your life is that. And, and guys, true success is not success if it means it leads you off of your path and, and lead your eyes off of Jesus and onto these things that you think you need, that you think will fill your, fulfill your life. The other thing that I want to share and bring up is independence. Like, we, I, I like independence. Like, I like to not be told what to do. I'm a big fan of that, and I definitely like telling my kids what to do. That's amazing. And as a parent and as a father... I, I want to raise my kids to be independent because someday they're going to go to the real world and they're going to have to like be responsible and have a lives uh, that where they know how to navigate through things, make wise decisions and such. And so, and so I want them to be independent. But when you think you're good on your own, when you believe, when you begin to believe that you are all you need, 
that you can lean on your own strength, that you can lean on your own understanding, friends, it does not produce anything that God has for you. Because independence can become a bad thing when it becomes the main thing in your life. Thinking that you can do it on your own, that you're all sufficient in yourself, always leads to a faithless life. And it ultimately won't produce the type of things that God has for you. Now, the third thing is shortcuts. I actually, naturally speak, I like shortcuts. Like USA Parkway saves me 40 minutes to come to Reno from Vegas. I love that shortcut. And unlike that shortcut or like Super Mario, life isn't an actual road. It's not an actual video game. But shortcuts actually never lead to the things we're looking for. Shortcuts never lead us to the place that God has called us to. Shortcuts have never built a strong marriage. Shortcuts have never built a great church. Shortcuts have never built a strong relationship. Shortcuts have never built a strong business. Shortcuts have never built a, a strong community. Shortcuts promise what it can never offer us. But for whatever reason in life, don't look at me like you don't take shortcuts. I know you do. We all do. But shortcuts never lead to the things that God has for us, and they become a distraction when all we're looking for is, God, show me the easy way out. Because there's something in the journey to be valued. There's something that God has for us and these experiences that we avoid. Because the things that build our lives, the things that set us up to kill it in this life aren't actually these big mystical things, but they're actually simple and basic and foundational and small. They can even appear insignificant at times. And see, for whatever reason, when we think, man, I want God to move, we always think these big things and bold letters, billboards, neon signs, like, like, like big. We just go there. You know, we just, boom, go there. If God's going to move, this is what it's going to look like. But the truth is, but the truth is, many times those kind of things are built behind the scenes with the unseen things. Most of these things are unseen th things. And, and don't get me wrong, things like influence or clout or being seen is nice. Like it's enjoyable. It can actually become helpful. But those things in themselves never develop the fulfillment that God has for us as, as we live out the purpose that he gave us for our lives. And so, friends, I'm here to tell you today that God is glorified in the small things. Proverbs 30, 24 through 30 says this. It says, four things on earth are small, but they are exceedingly wise. The ants are a people not strong, but they provide their food in the summer. The rock badgers are people not mighty, yet they make their homes in the cliffs. The locusts have no king, yet all of them march in rank. The lizard you can take in your hands or you can put in your hands, yet it is in king's palaces. See, these creatures here, 
don't seem like such a big deal, but God calls them wise in scripture, which should make us think, man, we need to pay attention to this. Maybe there's something here that God wants us to see and, and learn and grab for the, from, from this. And, and I believe that God is showing us here that we need to begin to overestimate the underrated things in life. That we need to begin to overestimate the small things in life. If you're taking notes, this message is actually called overestimate the underrated. And just like these creatures, they're underrated, but yet God calls them wise and he's glorified through them. See, friends, it's in doing small things. It's in doing the small things that set you up to flourish. It's in the things that we deem insignificant that will set you apart. Just look at when God called David to be the next king. What happened is, is, is God sends the prophet Samuel to anoint a new king because the former king was rejected by God because of his sin and disobedience. So God tells him to go to the house of Jesse and, and, and one of the sons is going to be the next king. And so this prophet literally goes through all seven sons and God says, this, is, this one's not it. He went from the tallest, from the best looking, to where like, we don't have any more options. God, are you sure that it's not one of these? And so he ends up figuring out that, that Jesse has another son named David who is tending the sheep. And so he calls out for David. And what ends up happening is that God anoints David, picks out David, uh, uh, picks out David, even not even among a crowd, but out, David out in the field. And he calls him to be the next king. And it's beautiful. When God tells Samuel why he did this, he's like, God, I don't understand this. And God says, hey. Man looks at the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. See, God cares about the small things that are unseen. God notices the unseen. God sees the unseen. God values the unseen. And so the second thing I want to share with you is that God sees the small things and he blesses them. See, Jesus even emphasized the power of small things when he said, hey, guys. You want to move mountains? Guess how much faith you need. Just enough faith as a small mustard seed. A small mustard seed of faith. Even faith the size of a small mustard seed can move mountains. See, things like consistency are underrated. Things that like consistency are under-celebrated. It's consistency in the small things, the small foundational things that set you up to thrive and flourish in life as you follow Jesus. So I want to tell you, friends, God is calling us to be consistent. Turn to the less consistent person in your row. Just kidding. Just turn to someone and say, let's be consistent. Every wife was like, bro, let's be consistent. Come on. Pastor Craig saved himself from that one. All right. But church, let's be consistent. Come on. God called us to be faithful and the consistent. Let's be consistent with community. Life change happens not by yourself, but with other people. God created us from community, Father, Son, and Spirit, into community, not just with His Son, but with each other, guys. And the thing is, you can never become or you can never accomplish anything that God has set for you to do without other people. It's impossible. 
It cannot be done. And even Jesus, before he released and empowered his 12 disciples to bring the gospel message, which we would eventually benefit from here in North America, he actually called them into friendship. He called them into a crew. He called them into relationship because relationship is the best form of discipleship. Classes are great because they give you knowledge and they help you learn some basic things that you need on your journey. But community is the game changer. Community leads to accountability, which leads to integrity, and it produces reputation, which leads to more blessing and favor, which is what God ultimately has for you. Church, let's be consistent in our gathering. If you're listening online, let's be consistent and showing up online, in person, in our gathering. When you read Acts 2, it talks about revival. And you see the Holy Spirit just come, move, and, and do an amazing thing. And you read things like 3,000 people come to faith in one day, and they all get baptized, like, same day, like, like all three steps of engagement, like, in one second, right? It's crazy, right? And I don't know if it's three steps, but maybe that's prophetic, so you can make it three. But what, what I'm saying is, is in, in the New Testament, you see... This beautiful move of God, authentic, real move of God. But guess what? They were consistent in the gathering. Man, it says sometimes they went to church every single day. They were from house to house, to the temple, to the synagogues. And guess what? God moved mightily in them. There's just something beautiful about gathering. There's just something beautiful of get, about getting the saints together and experiencing God together. God moves in this environment like in no other environment. And don't get me wrong. Your prayer closet is needed and necessary. But do not forsake the gathering because we need this. This gathering builds us up. This gathering is when God speaks to us collectively as his local church community. It is needed. There's just something so beautiful when people from all walks of life, people with all kinds of worldview, come into one place at one time to lift up the name of Jesus. And guys, that's the kind of place where the glory of God shows up. That's the kind of place where transformation happens. That's the kind of place where walls come down. That's the kind of place where the things you've been working towards for years can happen in a split second, in the moment. Because when God's in the room, anything can happen and probably will. If you believe that, say amen. James 4.8 says something beautiful. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Like he's anticipating your drawing in so that he can meet you where you're at. And I do understand that God does allow us to come as we are. But when we encounter that relationship, he doesn't leave us as he found us, right? That's the power and the love of God. But James tells us to draw near to God and he will draw near to us. Friends, never underestimate the significance of showing up. I don't know if you heard me, but, but the previous, previous point was gathering. This one is showing up. They're different. They're different. I don't know if you realize, but they're different. Be consistent in your showing up. 
And this is what I mean. Show up to the places that stir up your faith. Stir up to the places that draw you near to Jesus. Stir up to the places that make you want to pray like you never prayed before. Show up to the places that challenge you to grow and develop. Guys, when Danielle and I had our first church, we're like looking for our first church. You know what we looked for? Skinny jeans. No, we didn't look for skinny jeans. They weren't singing Hillsong worship or any of that. We were just looking for a place where we can feel near to God, where we can lean into his presence. And when we went there, we're like, okay, God is here. He's speaking to us. He's challenging us. He's growing us. We ain't going anywhere. And, and there's just something beautiful about showing up. Man, every time the church doors were open, we were there. We might have been the youngest people by like 40 years a lot of times, but we were there because we knew that there was something in that house that I needed in my life. And so when there was an opportunity to serve, guess what? We showed up. We showed up. And, and, and we didn't never ended up in the place that we are. Or on the on a path that we are right now because we were seeking it. We literally, we just showed up. We just showed up. So what is God calling you to start showing up to? It's different for each of you. It, it could be very different for each of you. But there's something so beautiful about drawing near to God because he draws near to you and he does a beautiful, beautiful work. Showing up with faith and expectation. So church, keep showing up, even when you don't feel like it. Reminder, we don't follow our feelings, we follow Jesus. Let's be the type of people that have faith, that show up with faith in our heart with expectation in our spirit, with hunger for a move of God, and with a commitment to faithfulness. See, these things that I mentioned, they don't make you more popular. They don't actually get you recognized as a super Christian. Uh, they actually, they, they don't give you any bragging rights or make you the most celebrated person in the room. But you know what they do make you? They make you honorable. And, they, and these type of things are the things that give you the ability to go the distance. I don't know about you. I'm not looking for just a few large steps, but I want to go the distance. I want a marriage that goes the distance. I want a relationship with Jesus that goes the distance. I want a business that goes the distance. I want a family that goes the distance. Where it doesn't matter what kind of pandemic or issues happening around the world, one that goes the distance. These are the type of things that go the distance. God uses the small things to accomplish big dreams. Do you believe that, Convo Church? People of Reno, Nevada, right? I got a scripture for you. Zechariah 4.10. It says, do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. The plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. And, and when this was written, the context was uh, God's people were exiled by Babylon. And so the city of God, the city of Jerusalem, the temple of God was all in ruins and destroyed. And, and what happened over three waves is that God was calling back his people to rebuild his city, to rebuild his house. That was something that was so valuable to him. And one thing that we don't see here is Zerubbabel was actually quite discouraged because he was taking, make it, doing small acts that seemed pretty insignificant. 
But here the prophet comes to him and tells him, hey, don't despise small beginnings because your God doesn't despise small beginnings. And what's beautiful, I don't know if you knew this, but it actually took 52 days for the walls to be completed around Jerusalem. And it only took 14 years to see this dream come true. After about 70 years of ruin and destruction at the, in Jerusalem and the city walls, God used this small beginning to see a big dream become fulfilled. A big dream became reality and tangible. How would we approach life if we began to overrate the underrated? How would we approach life if we began to overestimate the small things that God has called us to now? The step that he's called us to take in this moment. I believe we would achieve our goals. I believe we would live a life of purpose. I believe that the focus of our life would shift and strengthen every step as we walk and march forward towards Jesus. Who's the prize? Who's the goal? Who's the one that we're waiting for? I don't know. Look, our goal as followers of Jesus is is not to have a life that we can take pictures of so people can go, whoa, that's cool. But at the end of the day, when we're face to face with Jesus, the words that we're looking for are small, but they cannot be underrated. Good and faithful servant. Good and faithful servant. Would you please stand? Not only would we achieve our goals, not only would the focus of our life change as we focus and, 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 and lean into Jesus and run after the purpose and the life and his presence and his goodness and his love. I think we would be willing to face the difficult things in our life. We would be willing to face the uncomfortable things of life. We would be willing to face the things we normally want to skip over with courage in our hearts because we know that our God is good and that his plans for us are good because we trust that whatever that terrible season is, that God's going to produce gold out of it. Someone needs to hear it today. You've been through maybe a tough time. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your relationship. And it feels these things have come up and have made it so difficult. But friends, stay the course. Stay on the journey. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Because what you are facing is going to produce what you need for the next season. What you are facing now, it's going to set you up in the next season. Can somebody give God some praise? He is setting you up for the next season. Convo, take joy in the early days and in doing the small things because your ability to take hold of what is what God is doing now will give you the ability to take hold of what's to come. In John 6, 9, Jesus feeds 5,000 people. That's a lot of people. 
and they don't have any food. And one of the disciples goes, hey, there's this kid here and he, he has some scraps. What's up? What are we gonna do? And what's really interesting is the, that little bit of food that was left, when it was blessed in the hands of Jesus, was multiplied and it met the need. And this is what I wanna say. He did this by blessing five loaves and two small fish, two small fish. It could have just said fish, but it says small fish. And I think there's something significant that we can learn there because God can do a lot with a little. God multiplies the small things that you do in faith. You might not be able to see the result yet. It takes faith to persevere. It takes faith to endure. But on the other side, you're gonna be stronger. You're gonna have more trust in God. Your perspective of who the Father is is gonna shift and change because you'll be like, I can't believe I try to skip through this. I've grown. I'm developing. I'm not there yet. I haven't arrived there yet, but I'm trusting God more. And I'm being faithful with the small things. Listen carefully. Never underestimate the small steps of faithfulness and what it can do in the hands of a big God. Would you just bow your heads and clo uh, close your eyes for me? We want to pray for two groups of people in this moment. Some of you here are today, and maybe, you're, maybe you used the Babbitt shortcut in your life or, or you've tried to fast forward through some painful seasons in your life. And man, I, I know it's, it's hard, it's rough, it's difficult. You didn't think you were gonna make it. You're actually in it right now and you don't think you're gonna make it. I'm here to tell you that God is with you. You came to the right place. You came to the gathering of God's people. And as you draw near to him, God is drawing near to you. Thank you again for joining us on the Combo Church Podcast. Special shout out to those who give so generously to Combo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you want to sow into the ministry, go to ComboChurch.com and simply click the Give button. It's that easy. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories and tag us at Combo Church. Thanks again for listening. And make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Combo Church Podcast.